Good morning, everyone. I'm waiting on a picture and then I'm going to start. Um, I've given it a title today. I was really pleased with myself. I'm going to call what I've got to share with you, the doctrine of God's omnipresence, here, there, and everywhere. Is it there, John? Nice little picture of God. There we are. Let me set the scene for you. A young boy and his mother were having a very serious discussion over lunch one day. Where's God? He asked innocently. Oh, he's in heaven, his mother replied. Does he live there? Yes. Where's Jesus? He's in your heart. But I thought Jesus and God were the same person. They are. So how can he be in heaven and my heart at the same time? Sweetheart, it's really hard to explain. A short pause. So where does the Holy Spirit live? An even longer pause. Darling, I think it's time for you to take a nap. An introduction to the one of, I think, the most difficult doctrines of the Bible. The doctrine of God's omnipresence. But you are in luck because I've actually been at theological college this week. Only one week, so we might be all right. Where is God? That's a very important question. I'm guessing because you're here today, it's something that you want to know. Those of us that seek in, we want to know where God is. So do the sceptics, they want to know where he is. So does the sinner, so they can run the other way. So does every hurting person who's felt abandoned by God. There's been many times when I've cried out, where are you God when I need you? So as a church we've been learning about the three omni attributes of God, so let me remind you of them. They naturally go together because they all begin with that four-letter prefix, omni, just means all. So we've got omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. The first one means that God is all-knowing, and we've heard that on a previous Sunday. The second one is that God is all-powerful. And the third one, God is present everywhere. Tony Evans comments that these three attributes work in tandem. He knows what needs to be done. That's omniscience. He has the power to do it. That's omnipotence. And he's, all wherever, where, he's always wherever he needs to be to do whatever needs doing. But omnipresence is hard for us to grasp, isn't it? We can only be in one place at a time, but God is everywhere at the same time. Our problem, I think, is that we have nothing to compare it to. So, is God all-powerful? Yes. And we can slightly grasp that com concept because we can be powerful. We can have a degree of power and strength. For a girl, I'm pretty strong. Is God all-wise? Yes. And we can conceive of that on some level because we have wisdom and knowledge. Maths is the oracle on the computer. If I have a problem with a computer, I go to Matt. 
And sometimes he only has to look at it and fixes it. But there is absolutely no sense in which we can be present everywhere. We can't even be in two places at once. Um, those of us in the office with iPhones, we can sync. Is that the word? We can sync our iPhones so we can look at each other's diaries. And actually, sometimes it says that Matt's in the school because he's got a governor's meeting. And in my diary, it says I'm meeting with him here at the same time. He might think he's omnipresent, but actually only God is omnipresent. The rest of us, you and me, we're restricted to being in one place at any given time. That applies to the angels and the demons too. They can only be in one place at one time. Satan is also limited. He's not omnipresent. Now this was new to me as I've researched this week. I'd somehow conceived of Satan as being like a junior god who could do everything that God does, but like on a lower level. And I realised the more I read that this notion is absolutely impossible. Either you're omnipresent or you're not. There's no such thing as being 90% everywhere. Or even 60% everywhere for that matter. Or even 50% might be at the school of here, it just doesn't work. And by the same token, and even more obviously, and I don't know why I didn't get this, either you're present everywhere all of the time, or you're not. There's no such thing as partial omnipresence. And so, because Satan is a created being, he's limited, and he's localised in the spiritual realm, as are the angels and the demons. It's God's perfection, and because only he is perfect, that demands that he is omnipresent. And if we could conceive of only a tiny part of the universe where God isn't present, then it's possible that we could conceive of another being who is greater than God, and that simply cannot be. A 99% God is no God at all. So if your God is not present everywhere in the universe, he's not the God of the Bible. I'm going to share with you another definition, and I like this one because it's simple. This is John Bisagno's definition. The Lord, our God, is everywhere at once. He's everywhere present all the time. That's awesome, isn't it? Many of us are not comfortable with our omnipresent God, and that's why we have idols. We want a God that we can see and we can feel and we can touch, a God that we can understand a God that we can control, a God that we can make with our own hands. We cannot fully understand the God of the Bible and we certainly can't control him. Perhaps the greatest statement of omnipresence is found in that amazing psalm, Psalm 139. And I'm going to read you verses 7 to 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light before night around me, 
even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. As David contemplates how God knows him inside and out, he wonders where he might go in order to hide from the Lord. Heaven, hell, east, west, the far side of the ocean, it doesn't matter because the Lord is already there. What about the darkest night? Even the darkness will not deter God, it says, for darkness is as light to you. So, a few implications for us, this truth today. I want to tell you that God cannot be contained in a building. God is not contained in this building any more than he's in the co-op over the road. I hear lots of people call the church the house of God, as if his presence somehow dwells here in a building that's made of men, hands of men. But this church is not a holy place like the temples of the Old Testament. Today, God dwells among his people and in his people wherever they are and wherever they go. God cannot be localised in a city or a nation. God is not a UK citizen any more than he's American or African. God can't be reduced to an image or a statue. That's why the second commandment warns against us worshipping graven images. The Jewish people, they refuse to take any pictures or drawings or have statues of God. And the truth is, we don't know what God looks like. And if we were to have any image, it could become like an idol. We don't know what God looks like, but we know that he is here. He's always here, whether you believe it or not. And I've grappled to get my head round. How can he be here when he's there? He's here whether we believe it or not. I love this little um, comment from the early days of space travel. One of the Russian cosmonauts returning from orbiting the Earth had announced that he'd looked out of his space capsule on many days and he'd not seen God anywhere. To which someone quickly replied... Let him take off his spacesuit for just one second and he'll see God pretty damn quick. <laughs> Guys, whether you believe it or not, God is here. He's present even in the worst moments of life. God's omnipresence means that he's there for you in the midst of suffering, pain, sorrow, grief, abuse, abortion, accidents, and at the moment of death. When we're in a desperate situation in our lives, God is there for you. His power and strength are ours to help us through any and every problem. However, he doesn't promise to get us out of every bad event that we're facing. Some problems or troubles are put there to make us stronger and to conform to the image of God as we walk through those problems. Some of them are placed there to tell us that we're not sufficient on our own. We need the Lord in every area of our lives. But what God does promise is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's always available to us wherever we go. 
That sounds like he's got an iPhone, doesn't it? 24 hours a day, he's there. We have his full attention. He is fully present. We don't have to make an appointment. He's never too busy to hear us when we pray. And he's never preoccupied with someone else. Could you imagine if it was like this when you prayed? And you got a message from an angel. I'm sorry, but God is busy handling a major crisis in the Middle East at the moment. Please leave your name and number and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. It's a bit like that at my GP. You can phone up 34 times, still not get through. Then when you do get through, you can get an appointment in seven weeks' time. That will never, ever happen with God. He's completely available to you, no matter where you are. There could be a thousand wars in a thousand places, but God hears you as if you were the only one praying. I was actually in the service uh, last Sunday. I was sitting on the, the back listening to Matt talk, and I must admit, I, my mind was wondering a bit, conscious that I was talking this week and worrying a bit. And uh, God stepped in, and he, he gave me a picture that I want to try and share with you briefly. It was a picture of how um, I was perceiving God. Sorry, Andy. So this was me. Can you take all the lids off? And this was God. It was a really beautiful picture. I was small, tiny, in the middle. And around me was this just really big, massive, majestic beautiful. I, I can't possibly draw it how I saw it. It was beautiful. That was how I perceived God. And those of you that know me know that I am all over the place. I do a lot of things. I'm involved in a lot of things. And so here I was going to all of these different places. And when I was in those places, I thought God was going to like come down and meet me in those places So God was always there in my places, but it was because I had asked him to come. And I've pondered over that um, picture this week as I've been preparing for today and realised how wrong that concept is. God isn't like a substance that's spread out in a thin layer all over the earth. All of him is here in Brandhall in Malawi, in China, in Zimbabwe, in Uganda, at one and the same time. God's presence is not like jam spread on a piece of bread. When Dave spreads jam on bread, he never goes up to the crusts. It's not like that. All of God is completely present at every point in the universe at all times. So this is actually what God is like. Imagine the centre of that ball, the very centre, completely in the depths. That is with me all the time. When I'm here, when I go to school, if I go to college, if I'm at home, if I go shopping at Merry Hill, 
the very centre of that is with me at all times. It isn't that great big thing that I have to draw with me. And what's even more exciting is that his presence extends to all persons of the Trinity, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that's a relief because what if I wanted to talk to Jesus and found that out that he was in Beijing and I had to wait two months for him to come back? Or what if the Holy Spirit was in Brand Hall and somebody wanted him in Nigeria? It sounds really simple and quite amusing, but that's how it is. Thank God that all three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, are with us all, everlasting. You know, I'm much more used to teaching our small children. And we use the analogy of God being like the air we breathe. It's odourless most of the time. It's tasteless most of the time. And it's invisible when it's not polluted. But as you see, there are some flaws it's very easy for us to use that analogy. If we go up high, the air gets thin. If we go down deep into the ocean, there is no air. Let's back it up with a few scriptures. Hebrew 13 verse 5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Matthew 28 verse 20 says, Jesus promised, I am with you always. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, As Moses was nearing the end of his long life, this was, and he reminded his people, Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You know, in our service, and I'm guilty of it, we often pray and we invite God's presence in our midst. Now, I know what we mean by that. We, we're praying for God's manifest presence, a powerful presence that is tangible by us. But actually, you know, we don't need to do that because God is here. We don't have to invoke God's presence. God is already here right now. The Bible tells us that he draws near to us in times of pain and suffering. And in Psalm 34, verse 18, it tells us, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I want to read you some familiar words as we draw near to the end. The Lord also gave this scripture to Pete earlier on. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Isn't it amazing? We sang that earlier. God is speaking to us. He's here this morning. You know, the Lord is with us every single day. I often don't feel his presence, but he's there. And in the moment of death, we are not left alone. When my dad died a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of being there with him as he began the walk into the valley of death. When the time came, 
Jesus was in that room. His presence was tangible. He stood by Dad's bedside. He reached down and he took Dad's hand. And he walked with him from this life into the next. Graham lost his wife Jackie recently. Jesus was there. He walked with Jackie into the next. You know, I love those two little words in that psalm, verse 4. With me. It doesn't say, will be. It says, with me. At the moment of death, the the shepherd is no longer up ahead of the flock. The The valley is way too dark for that. At that point, he's walking right here beside us. Step by step, walking side by side, reassuring his sheep by the calm presence, his calm presence. If God is with us, we have nothing to fear. It's only been this week in preparing this sermon for today that deep in my soul I've begun to believe that we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear in the moment of death. It may not be pleasant or painless and frequently it comes after much suffering. The moment itself can be filled with joy and peace as the Lord himself escorts us through the darkest valley of all. At that moment, in that room, my mom, my brother and I, we had to turn back. And it was just Jesus that walked through with Dad. And it was one of the most beautiful, joyful and peaceful moments that I've ever experienced. I want to end with a a lovely quote from a much more qualified theologian. And it's this. There are, of course, times when we become unexpectedly aware of of God's presence. Maybe a sudden wave of peace comes over us. Or an irrepressible joy rises up from the depths of our soul. Or we experience the sweet sting of the Holy Spirit's conviction. In those moments, has God come down to us? Have we been led into God's presence? No. God was present from the beginning. We've just become more aware of it. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Kath. What's braver? What's the braver thing in all this? What's God wanting to say to you, to me, today? God is here. Isn't it? God is here. We just become more aware of it. We easily forget. But God is here. I think uh, there's a, a little quote, John, on the screen. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us. That's not saying that he's 
only responds to us uh, if we twist his arm. It's not that kind of thing. But God is a loving God that is, isn't forceful. And often in the presence of God, that God is here, we, we, neg- we don't spot him. We don't see him. We say, where is God? We question it. What is the braver thing? And the braver thing is saying, God, you are here and I recognize you. Whatever situation I'm facing, you are here in the midst of it right now. Whether I know it, whether I sense it, whether I feel it, I hold to that truth. That is what is brave for us in this moment, this season. That we would say, I don't like what's before me. Or, have you seen this situation, God? What are you doing about that or this or the other? How can you be present here? The, the, the brave thing is saying, I stand on the reality that you are here. That you are present. And I want to base my life on that. So maybe like you, what Cast has been sharing is provoking you. Maybe you're recognizing places in your life where you don't let God in. Maybe you're like this, like Kath was saying. You, your understanding has been that you've got to draw God in somehow, and it's not like that. God is already here. It's just about us recognizing it. Maybe there's tough times that you're going through. Maybe there's parts of your life that you've like compartmentalized, and you're like, God, you can't have space into that. Maybe you need to hear that God is with you in the valley of the shadow of death. Whatever it is, maybe like me, you want to respond in some way. We speak about, don't we, here, that if God is here and wants to meet with us, then it takes 20 seconds, 30 seconds of courage often to go, I'm going to respond to you, God. I'm going to do this today, God. I'm going to make this decision today that I am from this point forward going to stand on you, that you are the truth, that you are the way, you are the life, and I base everything on you. Maybe you need 20 seconds of courage today. Maybe the situations of your life, maybe like you, you want to stand and say, I'm standing on that reality today. If that's you, do you want to join me? Stand where you are. Uh, If you need to say to God today, uh, forget what everyone else is doing. This is where the courage comes in. It's where the bravery comes in. It's saying, well, forget where everyone else is sitting or standing. I am going to make the brave decision to stay in some sort of symbolic way. I'm going to stand and say, I am standing on your truth. You are here right now in my situation. So if you're like me, stand. Let us acknowledge that together. There'll be time to get someone to pray with you. Um, You can come and speak to me and Kath as the band lead us in a moment. uh, And we can pray for you individually if you you want that. But, But as we make a decision to stand right now on a truth, God is here amongst us, with us, and by his 
Spirit wants to break into our situation. Is that, that he sees your decision to say, I'm standing on this truth, and he wants to meet you in that and draw near and say, let me show you. Let me reveal something new and powerful and wonderful in your life. Let something change now in your thinking, your understanding, uh, or, or the way in which you approach life. So Holy Spirit, as we all stand right now, as we sang earlier, and I think we're going to sing again about fearing evil. We don't need to fear evil, that you are with us right now. That there's nothing that we should have to fear. There's nothing that we should have to uh, uh, um, endure without recognizing that you are present with us. And so Holy Spirit, come and work now in each of our lives. That as we stand on your truth, that you by your power, you by your love, you, you by your presence that is tangibly here with us. Would come and confirm something in the depths of our hearts, in our soul. Uh, uh, in our mind that, that you would uh, uh, bring uh, transformation you would bring change you would bring a trans uh, a, a, a movement from a fixed position that we had of an understanding of you to a to a larger bigger wider understanding of your presence but your presence not in a distant far off thing but in a presence as being here with me with you Come, Holy Spirit, right now and do that work in our lives. We open ourselves to you. We humbly, bravely say we, we want you here. We want to recognize you here. We know, we've heard that you are here. And so we choose to recognize it. We choose to say that I will fear no evil. We choose to say that you are with me. We choose to say whether I sense it, whether I emotionally feel it, whether my mind can compute it, that Holy Spirit, we are open to you bringing a, a revelation, a truth to our understanding, our identity, that we from this point forward would move out into the world, out into our lives, saying we, we hold and stand to the truth that you're here with me, with us. Come, Holy Spirit, and do that work in our lives. You have permission. You have permission. Come, Holy Spirit, just as we give space for you to do that in our lives individually. Come, just, just individually say that out loud if you want or, or just in your heart. However, just say, I give you permission to come into my life. I give you permission to come and bring that truth. I give you permission uh, I choose to accept maybe you want to say I choose to accept that you are with me I choose to accept that you are in the midst of this situation that I am not alone that you are with me you are here you are present and you are not going anywhere in your own words just give space to God come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit Come, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence. You are here. Come, Holy Spirit. If you do want someone to pray with you, please come and seek one of us out and we can do that. But the band are going to lead us in a, 
uh, time, just going to hear from Pete first, uh, in a time of a song response. But uh, Pete, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I had a picture in my mind of... Um, Twisted and tangled. Do you understand that? Give us that again. I think. Um, it's a, a ball of string or stuff together. It's all tangled, and you've been trying to untangle it, and it's not working. And you're tempted to just cut the string and throw that away and start again. And I believe God's saying to us or some here that you're in a situation where it's tangled, it's relational. Um, you don't know how it's going to sort out. It's messy. And I just think God is saying to you this morning, don't cut it off and throw it away. Mm. If you trust me, I will help you sort that out because I am with you. Don't take the drastic thing of throwing it away, but trust him to help you sort it out because he's with you. He's all-powerful and he's able to do it. So yield to him. Take courage. Be encouraged. Uh, that's a word for you this morning. Yeah, brilliant. Let's, let's respond, shall we? If you want to seek Pete out to pray into that, please do. This is a holy moment. God is with us. Let's, let's respond, shall we? Let's not lose this moment. Uh, let's, let, let's stand.